You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. is not your church. The church is His church. Is the Lord's church. Is that right? Is that right? So you build the church as the Lord will be pleased with it. Um, Some time ago, we normally do things without inculcating that. It becomes a personal agenda, sort of, and we pursue things that would make us happy and feel good and feel we have done very well. Praise God. So, but we have moved from that era. Amen. Amen. We have moved to make sure that. Everything we are doing is meant to please Him. Is meant to be done His way. And that is what you call church. Anything apart from that is not church. Praise the Lord. Anything apart from that is not what? Church. It can be a social group. It can be a political group, but it is not a church. Praise the Lord. And so I am not surprised about some of the, um, when it comes to attendance and all of that, I'm not surprised at all because it looks like we are starting church all over again. You know, because most of us are used to church such that any time you come to church, we are talking about your problem. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. That's, that's what you're used to. You see, that's what you're used to. You're used to coming to church, and any time the pastor picks the mic, He's directly addressing your problem. But you don't know that your problem is bigger than your problem. (laughs) Your problem is not the problem. Yes. Your marriage problem is not the problem. Your lack of finance is not the problem. Because everything that the believer 
enjoys stems out of their worship. So your problem is a worship problem. Your problem is a relationship problem. When you're able to get that tight, things flow to you. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, even if you are going through a problem, your response to the problem is very different. Because you don't panic. And you know it won't kill you. And you know in the end, you will overcome it. Because it has already been overcome. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? That is what church is all about. Otherwise, it is just like going to a clinic. Where the doctor directly looks at if it is cancer, directly diagnoses it, gives you medication, you get out, and that's it. Or you go to the gym instructor, and he tells you, do this, do that. Or you go to the physiotherapist, and he tells you, directly, do this. But that is not church. <laughs> church takes care of your relationship. And when you settle that, it flows in every area. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. So, so, I don't want you to see, because that's what I'm sure some of our people are feeling. So you talk about evangelism. And I'm sure there are People feel it's boring. Because whilst they don't have money in their pocket, and you must tell them how God will fill their pocket and will make the account beautiful. I'm talking about <laughs> But unfortunately, that is what we have made church. That's what, that's what we have made church. But get this. Get this. Wherever there is false expectation, there's disappointment. Wherever there is false expectation, there definitely will be what? And that's why most of us get very disappointed most times because we have a certain false expectation when we come to church. But that is not what church is meant to be. That's not. So, we have tried as much as possible to do it the way God wants it to be done. And you yourselves will begin to realize that although we are not talking about your problem, the kinds of testimonies
cacophonies you have about your daily issues are major. Yet, we're not talking about them. But he feels it all in all. Because he's the head of the church. Oh, praise God. Are you getting the point? Yes. Listen to me very carefully. Anytime you go to a place and Jesus is lifted up, it's all you need. Because listen, when Jesus is lifted up, he will feel all in all. He would touch every area of your life. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. So please, let's debunk this kind of notion or mentality that is give me, give me, give me, give me that has filled our churches And that's why we have many churches now that have been turned into like um, um, fetish. Yes. Because the whole thing is like you could be sad here. Yes. Yes. And it's creating a lot of what? So I pray that you reorient and redirect your focus. Amen. Who say Amen. Amen. That kind of church, the Lord will be, and the gates of hell can never prevail. Amen. Are you understanding it? <laughs> Any other thing you build, the gates of hell can prevail. <laughs> Do you understand the point? Can I give you a clue? Go to Matthew chapter 16 where Peter spoke about the church. The first thing you must understand is that you are a good student of the Bible right in this church. You know that you must understand the pretext. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And understand the post-text, then you get the content. Is that true? Yes, sir. Okay. And then you must also understand the context. So, why did Jesus then say that? Matthew chapter 16. 16. Okay, good. So, Jesus would ask a question. Who do men say that I am? And they told them the opinions of the people. Is that right? Okay, so some say you are Elijah, some say you are this, you are that. And then he would ask them, what about you? Who do you say that? And this is the reply of Simon Peter. Simon Peter replied, you are what? You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Next. So then Jesus what? Answered him and said what? Oh, read. Blessed, Blessed uh -huh. happy, happy fortunate, and to be. So that's the meaning of the blessed. Are you getting the point? Yes. 
you are happy, you are fortunate, and you are to be what? Envied. Okay. Are you Simon Bajona? Okay. For flesh and blood, that is men. Is that right? Yes. Human beings, not male men. Human beings. Are you getting the point? Mm -hmm. Have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Amazing. Beautiful. So, this did not come to Peter by knowledge and by information. It came to him by revelation knowledge. Hello? Are you getting the point? Because Jesus stated it clearly. That it didn't come from Peter's own mind. Something that he knew already. Are you getting the point? God there and then by the spirit of revelation gave the info to who? Peter. Is that clear? Did Jesus say that? That's how come we know. Is that right? Okay. Good. Okay. Let's continue. Go. And I tell you, you are, you are Peter. Now, look at the meaning of Peter. Peter means what? A large piece of rock. And he says, and on this rock. So you see your interpretation. You, th you think that Jesus said he will build the church on Peter. So you see now when you get the Greek, you see what he tells you. You see the Greek interpretation. Okay, what does he tell you? On this rock. Which rock? In the Greek, it's not Petros. It's Petra. So Jesus was referring to himself. So he was telling Peter, you small rock, on me, the huge rock, I will build my church. Are you getting the point? Oh, are you getting it? And what, why do you know that Jesus is a huge rock he's referring to? Because of the truth that Peter spoke. Are you getting the point? So when you go back, you'd understand he said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. So he's saying, on Christ, who is the son of the living God, the church will be built. He is the huge rock. He is that truth on which the church will be Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Are you clear? Okay, so let's go. It says, the huge rock, like what? Gibraltar. I will build my church. And the gate of Hades, the powers of infernal region, the powers of darkness, call them any other power, shall not what? Over power it, or be strong to its detriment, or hold out a... Amen. So, what it means is that anytime you see a church that is living its personal agenda not on the huge rock, the enemy will prevail. Easily. Because the church must only be built on that truth. 
And any time we come, we must speak about that huge rock. Oh, praise God. The moment we speak about that huge rock, listen to me very carefully. Listen to me. You don't get it. Listen to me, listen to me. The moment we talk about that huge rock, there is a prophecy and there's a promise. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Is that right? The gates of hell cannot what? Prevail. You are not getting it. Who is the church? So the moment we speak about the truth, the huge rock, what he says is that your problem, your issue, the gates of hell can't prevail. Are you getting it now? So I am not to address your problem. By your situation. Oh, are you here? Yes. Is it clear? Yeah. So, so, so it is not like a supermarket. No. Where you go, I give you cash. Give me. So we come to church and it's business as usual. And that is why winning souls is one of the major. Because anytime you go to win souls, you lift up Christ. Are you getting the point? And so the moment you lift up Christ, the prophecy and the promise that the gates of hell cannot prevail affects you. You tap into it. So you see, we focus too much on your issue. Quit is not the issue. Your issue is not the issue. The point is, your issue is not a big deal. And so you come and you have an expectation and you make your face mobile, mobile. And when you come and we don't touch up, we don't touch it, you feel so disappointed. Because you are here for the wrong reasons. We gave you the wrong expectation. You've been deceived right from your childhood to today. We don't go to church for things. No. No. We don't go to church for things. We go to church for a relationship. To lift up the truth, Jesus. 
And because he is the truth, every lie in your life will have to move. Are you getting it? Yes. Ah. Every lie, every deception, every manipulation, anything that intimidates is called the gate of hell. He can't have a place because you have lifted up truth, the Son of God. Praise God. I saw you post on Facebook that we should focus on Jesus, Gabriel. And I'm so glad. And as a pastor, when I see that, I'm happy because I know I'm feeding my people right. And I should expect more of that. Most of you, let that be paramount. As we live Jesus, listen to me, you can never sink. You can never go down. It's not possible. I'm telling you, it's not possible. It's not possible. If you see a Christian and they are every day sick, every day sick, it is because they are living like a Gentile. Because their focus is always on the sickness. When they change their focus, and their focus goes to him, that gate of hell, cause sickness cannot prevail. Praise God. There are so many things we have done as the body of Christ that is without knowledge. And our knowledge of the truth is so myopic. Okay? Somebody meets you. They are evangelizing. They said, hey, my brother. Repent. Jesus is coming soon. And for them, they are sharing the gospel. Who told you that is the gospel? Who told you? you Jesus is coming soon is the gospel. I just rock some people. Now who told you that? That Jesus is coming soon is the gospel. Who told you? The Bible said that he came to seek and save the lost. Not to scare the lost. <laughs> He came to seek. Watch this. Oh. He, uh, somebody say, Oshishel. Okay? To seek for them and what? Save them. You want to scare them. And what are you trying to scare them with? You are trying to scare them with his coming. 
Watch, watch this. If they don't believe about his first coming, would they even believe his second coming? So you see, you are just making noise. That bit can only scare a believer who has not been taught right. But it doesn't scare an unbeliever because he doesn't even believe. Oh, Jesus. Ah, are you here? Because he doesn't even believe. And if somebody comes to the church based on that kind of gospel, believe you me, they can't grow right as a believer. Because they came in by fear and manipulation. <laughs> Look at First Thessalonians 4.18. Let's go. Read. Go. Then what? The living ones. Who? Uh -huh. Simultaneously be, be caught up. Mm -hmm. Along with the resurrected what? Dead. In the clouds. To meet who? The Lord in the And so always mm -hmm. through the eternity of the eternities we shall be with the next. What do you do with this? Is that the second coming? Is that the second coming he spoke about? Yes. What do you do with it? Read it. Go. <laughs> so, <laughs> number one, Number one, number one, wait. Number one. Who was he addressing? The what? The what? The believers. The believers. So he was not even addressing unbelievers. And for the believers, he said that this should bring us what? Comfort and what? So it is not meant to scare anybody. <laughs> Are you here with me? Okay. Look at the bits. The bits that they use to scare and preach it as the gospel. And most of us have done it. We tell people Jesus is coming soon. And repent. The point is, what kind of repentance are you even talking about? You see, because if you don't really understand the gospel, the message, 
like we went deep on Sunday, you'll be preaching another gospel to them. In your mind, your repentance is that they should stop certain sins. You, you understand the point? Meanwhile, you, as the believer, you are still doing some of the sins you have. So if that really is the gospel, then the gospel is a lie. Are you here? Am I speaking to you, church? Are you getting the understanding? Okay, so let's go to First Thessalonians. Apostle Paul is still on. First Thessalonians 5. I've really been really looking at this thing so carefully because I have realized that the errors are too much. And so sometimes we ourselves cannot do the thing because we are confused. But deep within that, we can't tell anybody. You see, and the way we have been scared, we don't want to, like, hey, I'm doubting. Uh-huh, God will strike me. You see, yeah. You see, so, but, so you are confused. Because yourself, the thing that just... But as to the suitable times and the precise seasons and days, brethren, you have no necessity for anything being written to you. Continue. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the return of the Lord will come on earth, expectedly, and what? Suddenly as what? A thief in the night. Watch this, oh. Watch this. Next. Go. When people are saying all is well and Secure and there is peace and safety. Then, in a moment unforeseen, destruction that is ruin and death will come upon them as what? Suddenly, as what? Labor pains come upon a woman with a child, and they shall what? What? They shall what? By no means what? Escape for. There will be no... So, who is he talking to? Hello? Unbelievable. No. Wait. Who is he talking to? How do you know? I want to test you. How do you know? Yes. Who can tell me? How do you know he's talking to unbelievers? Come again. That would be far-fetched. That would be far-fetched. That would be far-fetched. Before you can be able to link that, there's something that should connect you. Mm -hmm. When what? When people are saying, so number one, people in general. Is that right? Okay. Number two, uh huh. Mm -hmm. What is connecting? How do you know that he's talking to unbelievers? What? Ruin and death. Ruin and yes. death. Not necessarily. Ah, but don't you know that most people think that that when they tell the rapture, they are always scaring you about the rapture? Yes. Ah? So for them, 
the ruin and death, you are part of it. So, will come upon them. Them. The word them should let you know he himself is not included. So he's not talking to believers. If he was talking to believers, he would have said what? Us. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. You see, so when you are reading the Bible, get some of these things. Are you getting the point? And then you will know which kind of people he is what? Addressing. So you don't go and include yourself. Are you getting a point? So you see, you see how it goes. Okay, so he said, then he said, they, 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 and they, are you getting a point? They shall by what? No means what? Escape. For there will be no, look at the next. So them, they, but what? You! So now he's addressing the believers. Oh, praise God. Are you getting it now? He said, but you are not what? In? For that day to what? By? So he is going to come to them like a thief. But not to you. To you, he's not coming like a thief. Are you getting the difference? So the point is that he is coming to them like a thief. Why is he coming to them like a thief? Because they don't even know him. So how do you scare them with something they don't even identify with? They don't believe it. For them, it is going to be like what? A thief. Because they have not believed that this Jesus you are talking about. Yes. And you want to scare them. Scare them for what? They're not scared. It's the one who has believed. If you are going to scare somebody, then they are the ones you will scare. But even for them, he said, they will not be overtaken. Oh, praise God. Are you understanding me? So tell the next person, you are secure. You are safe. You are cool. And when you are going to preach to the unbeliever, don't scare them. Tell them, don't scare them with the rapture. Because they have not believed Jesus. When they believe Jesus, he will not come to them like a thief. It is something that you don't know that comes to you suddenly. Oh, hello. Are you here with me? Okay. So, now, if 
we are talking about this message, I'm still talking about how we should be able to talk about the message. You know, right in church. Because, you see, when you, when I concentrate as your pastor, and every time you come to church, I'm talking about your problems, that is the way you go and evangelize. Oh, come to Jesus. He'll make your life sweet. You have a job. Oh, you don't have a job. You get a job. <laughs> uh, hello. Do you understand the point? And so right from the one, you are bringing their focus on things. Not him. And then it becomes a mirage for most of them. Oh, are you understanding me? Yes. And you can see that very soon they can check out. Because they are in the house with Ajoa. They were all doing the same things. Very soon Ajoa comes to pack a Porsche. Mm. And then they will start asking themselves a question. And most of you are still asking yourself. Oh, hell. Am I pushing it too much? Praise God. All right. So you can see that most of us, the focus is on things. It's on things. Okay. And so... And then, it's on, on their sins. Because when you come to church too, the pastor is always talking about one sin or the other. So you do when you go, stop that sin. When you cry, come to cry. But is their salvation connected to some act of sin? No. No. Look at Philippians. 1 verse 9. <laughs> this amplifies, it has amplified the thing. <laughs> Give me the new King James, let me see whether we can get it so that we can come back to this. So it says, and this I pray that your love may what? Abound still more and more in knowledge and all. Do you see this is what the church lacks? Now take us to the amplifier so that now you can understand the enlargement of it. Is that true? Okay. So now, everybody read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, this brothel... 
This one is called Brofu Yedu. <laughs> Please, check this. Check this. Paul's prayer for the believers is that their love will abound yet more and more and then extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. If there is something that that believer needs is this. And when they are that, they will grow right. Oh, praise God. Their focus is not going to be on things. Are you getting the point? They will get to know him and have insight into him. And you see what he used? He said, keen, keen insight. What is the person's desire is always there. Just to know him. Just to know him. Just to know him. And anytime they hear the name of Jesus, something does them. Listen, if you're a true believer, when you hear that name, because of the insight you have, something happens to you. Something happens. And he says that when you know that, your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance. In other words, relationship. You, you always love to fellowship with him. You, you always love to hear more from him, in him, by him, with him. And you live your life with him always in mind. Oh, praise God. And more comprehensive discernment. Now look at what Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, 9. Philippians 3, 9. Give me the amplifier. Now, watch. So anytime you go to evangelism, or you, you are sitting in church, and you think that your salvation hinges on acts of sin, look at Apostle Paul. And look at what he said with regards to the gospel. Everybody read it. Go. And that I may actually be found and oh, where are they? Known as in what? In what? In what? Good. Not having any self-achieved what? Righteousness that can be called my own. Based on my obedience to the law's demands. In other words, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God. That's acquired but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ. The anointed one. The truly right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. Hello? Watch this. 
So listen to me. When it comes to the law, Apostle Paul says, he is without sin. So Paul is not saved out of any act of sin. Because by the law, he was right. So if it has to do with acts of sin, then Paul didn't need salvation. Oh, are you here? Oh, are you here with me? So then, then it means Paul didn't need salvation. Because by obedience to the law, he was okay. And that is why he makes the claim here. That it is, he has nothing to do with self-worth. Achieve what? Righteousness. Praise God. Self-achieve what? So Paul is talking about the nature of sin. Praise God. He's not talking about the acts of sin. That is vivid to the eyes of man. Because sin starts from the top. It's not just what you do. <laughs> or what you say. Paul says, if it has to do with that one, I fulfill this. <laughs> so, my salvation, he is not saving me from the acts of sin, he's saving me from the nature of sin. So that my righteousness is found in him. Not in what I achieve by myself. So tell me. If that is it, who is not guilty? <laughs> Are you getting the point? Do you understand it? Are you sure you understand it? So when you say people should repent, actually, what are you saying? Because repent means change your mind. No. So the word is not repent. The word is believe. <laughs> Praise God. Do you get the point? Yes. believe. They should believe. Are you getting the point? And when they believe, they will have a change of mind. Are you getting the point? Believe. What do they believe? What Christ has done for them, we call the great exchange. Oh, praise God. The great exchange. 
what they deserve as penalty and punishment, he has taken and he has given them liberty, freedom, righteousness that didn't come by their words. Are you getting the point? And that's why Paul said here that that's but possessing the genuine righteousness which comes through what? Which comes through what? Which comes through what? Which comes through what? How did it come? It came through belief. Are you getting the point? It came through what? Believe. They just had to what? Believe. Believe. Jesus died for them. They are free. This is what they, they, they didn't deserve, but they have it. Hallelujah. I pray that when you go out, you are not going to be judgmental. Because if he has used your sin against you, you will not be here. Hello? Hey, is that true? You just believe by faith. And all your, everything about you, imagine, said, done, the nature of the Adamic sin was taken away. Praise God. That's it. You have a new nature of righteousness. By what? Oh, praise God. When a car has an engine, you don't need to shout at the car to move. When you spark the car, the car will what? So far as you step on the accelerator. Is that true? Because they have wired the car so. You don't have to shout, hey, move! Car, move! Car, move! That is why we don't need to preach in church. Hey, stop sinning! Addressing the wrong group. This group you are talking about, by belief, they have a new nature. (laughs) 
Oh, praise God. So, as a matter of fact, accelerate them in their engine capacity and capability. Mm. And you cannot imagine the speed that is in them. And the miles they are going to go. Because that's how they have been wired. Oh, praise God. You are calling them a wrong name. You are tagging and labeling them what they are not. You are actually destroying the car. Praise Jesus. Are you understanding the boy? That is why even Apostle Paul, hey, Apostle Peter himself was warned. How do you call unclean what God has made clean? <laughs> you are the righteousness of God. Oh, praise the Lord. That's your flagship. Oh, praise God. And when you are trained, you will live it like never before. That's your wiring. Oh, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. So the reason why the church is the way it is is because of what we've been hearing. They are taking us back to what we are not. They are feeding us with toxic and junk. You are the best God made. Go out with the message. Christ has a reason. He has forgiven the sins. And doesn't count their sins against them. He has made provision for them. The moment they receive him, they are free of the penalty, punishment of sin forever. Eternity becomes theirs. Life eternal is theirs. They are called the children of God. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter the village you came from. It doesn't matter whether you live in the city or not. It doesn't matter your background, whether your father is an illiterate or your mother has never gone to school before. All of those things don't matter. When it comes to this one, whether you are rich or poor, we are all the same. <laughs> oh, praise God. Nobody, there's no class system in the salvation group. We are one. We are all coming on the ticket. Of the blood of the Lamb who praise the Lord, decorated by His Spirit, sealed 
and guarantee for life. May that be your message. Oh, praise God. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Carry Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Carry Center International, living heaven on earth.